Welcome to, wow, episode 117. Stephen, how did that happen? Uh, we just kept recording and broadcasting and, yeah, it just kept it going, so. Sounds reasonable. Uh, yeah, I'm Steven, you're Dan, I'm the son, you're the dad, and, yeah. Our Why don't you introduce our, our guest today? Yeah, uh, so returning guest, musician, producers, worked with a lot of artists, John Anderson, Rick Wakeman, Patrick Mraz, um, Bruce Hornsby, Todd Rundgren, the list goes on. It is Michael Franklin. How's it going? Very well, guys. Very Thanks well. for joining us again. Thanks for putting up with us again. The, the first hazing was nothing. This is going to be good. It was all fun. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, you know, last time we had you on, we touched on a few things that we want to expand on. I'm going to let Steve kick it off. And we, we, we could probably have a series with you because there's just always so much to talk about. You've had so many interesting experiences working with so many interesting people and so many within the Yes ecosystem, which is why you're such a great fit for Yes Shift. But Steve, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, well, first, before we get into music, uh, something we want to touch on for a little bit is your involvement in solar power innovations. And you also work at solar music. So can you tell us a bit about that? You know, um, my dad was an inventor. Oh, he invented all kinds of stuff. My dad made my first uh, amplifier for my guitar with the home stereo. He made my first microphone with a uh, reverse polarity on a speaker hanging from the ceiling on a string Wow! in my garage. So I could sing to all the girls walking past my garage door. So you had the in the round microphone before John did before. Yeah. <laughs> Just a speaker hanging down from a string with the reverse, reverse polarity. Polarity. So I sang into the speaker. So, um, you know, that sort of thing was never lost on me. He could fix anything. My dad, um, one time I was in, uh, I lived in China for a long time, as you know. And one time I walked, went, walked past a, a, a area of old Nanjing, which they used to call Nanking, you know, the massacre of Nanking in the war. Yeah. And there's a whole part of the city that was leveled. And I walked through this area and I found a couple um, old lanterns that were probably hanging on a house. And uh, I, I dusted them off and I, clean them up and I put them in my suitcase when I came back to America I brought them with me and I gave them to my dad the next time I came back to America he had turned them into lights in my house oh wow he had them up a chandelier and the other ones were in my house he could fix anything really fix anything so he was an inventor and he invented a lot of things for the steel industry but they oh. give him a pat on the head they didn't really you know he wasn't a businessman my dad mm. so he gave him a little bit of pat on on the head so when I started thinking of things to do, I did a tour one time with a um, a pianist uh, named Avo Uvesian. And you might know Avo Uvesian from Avo Cigars oh, or wow. the, the Avo guy. Sessions in Basel, Switzerland. Huh. Avo. Yeah. Avo was a great pianist uh, born in uh, Armenia. And he eventually became the piano player for the Shah of Iran. Wow. Wow. He, he, he could speak nine languages and uh, he came to me to do an album of songs he had written. And I did the album. Fantastic old 
world music album. I had a great time. All real instruments, no synths whatsoever. And anyway, uh, Davo, uh, uh, Davidoff bought the rights to the Avo cigar. And so they asked me to record an album with Avo that they could package into 12 songs for his line of 12 cigars. Oh, wow. I wish I had it here. It's just, it's a, a, a keyboard case, you know, that you put 12 different cigars in. So they wanted to do a tour. And uh, so we did. We went to several different countries, me and Avo, to these really, really high uh, prestigious cigar uh, meetings with the uh, I don't know. Uh, we went first. We went to Taipei, uh, Kuala Lumpur, uh, Korea. Uh, sh- uh, first time he'd ever been in China, Manila. We went to all of Asia in about fourteen days, and in Taipei, we played at a place, and I played with a jazz a trio at a jazz club, and then Avo got up and played with the trios. And at the end, our climax of every show was the two of us would get on the piano and we would do a four-handed boogie. On the piano, you know, 13 bar blues. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, Armenian style. Armenian style. <laughs> I mean, sexy time. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so we did that. When we were in Taiwan, I got to play and some guy sat in my seat and I was upset someone was in my seat. <laughs> so af- after I got done playing, he said, hey, Michael, we're going up to this uh, movie star's house. For a party after the, the cigar show. Oh, great. So we, we went up there. The little guy that sat in my seat was the guy. Oh, how funny. Was really <laughs> upset with him. On the 13th floor of this guy's 16 story house that overlooks Taipei 101, the tallest building in the world at that time, the guy had a, a 13th floor of his house was all Asian art with a Frizzoli grand piano. Now, you couldn't get me off of that thing, right? Everybody left to go up to the drinks upstairs, and it was just me and this guy. And I just said, I don't believe this is so beautiful. Whoever owns this place is just, you know, got great taste. And he said, Shishini, you know, thank you, you know. <laughs> so I found out his name was Wood Chen, Mutu Chen. And he is one of the richest guys in the world. Wow. Me and him got to be great friends over the course of, 15 years. I used to go to Taiwan all the time and was the first, uh, you know, press the button uh, with your thumb yeah. identifier to let you in the door. Yeah. And I had a room. Every time I came to Taiwan, I just go and I go right to my room and let him know I'm there and, and all the stuff. He was in the solar oh. long, long way around, but this is, this is what, what happened. Um, he said, Michael, grand piano music is all wonderful, but solar is the future. So I went back to where I was living at the time, which was Shaman, China, which was only a boat ride from Taiwan, and walked through the um, electric market, electronic market. It's just like going to a outside grocery store, just parts and things of broken computers and hard drives. And, this, and I bought a solar cell, and I bought a case for iPhone 1 at the time. <laughs> I went back to my I went back to my room and I worked on it and I put it together and I put my iPhone one in it and I set it out in the sun and I didn't believe that it worked. Wow, that's amazing. So I came back to the United States. My dad at the time was involved with some guys at a country club. They were all in the stock market, whatever. 
And they heard about it and they said, hey, we want to back you. So I went back to China, got a designer, and I invented the Volt. First solar charged phone charger yeah. for the iPhone. Was this the, like 2004-ish? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And then anyway, uh, that was successful. And then it went turned into another uh, uh, inversion was the Solapad for the iPad 1, mm. 2, and 3. Yeah. Now, it was very successful until Apple changed the plug from the the big four plug yeah. to the lightning. Yeah. Because it, it was too onerous. It cost too much money to get the license to do that. But by that time, I made enough money to pay off my house. Hmm. So I continued into the solar thing because of my reputation, and I invented a thing called the plug-and-play, which was 15 years earlier than Elon Musk's house battery. Hmm. Same thing. But I couldn't get any traction on it because people thought it was dangerous. But I still have them. In really? fact, I was, I was going to put the one in Rick uh, Derringer's little, uh, little caravan that he has. Um, I still have a couple of them left. This was a battery, a controller, and an inverter that you could hook up to any solar panel. My original ones was oh. a giant solar panel that everything was in it. They're in Mongolia. They're in Honduras. They're in a bunch of other places. My plug and play the original version which is just a giant solar panel and then you just plug right into it so wherever you put the solar panel you just plug into it i get videos of it you know running a television and you know fan and the whole yeah. bit the next version was just the battery and the controller inverted in a small package so now it was only like that big yeah and you could any solar panel in any place you just hook it up to it and it ran how interesting but, I couldn't get enough uh, uh, traction in the market uh, because the there was a lot of resistance to solar, as there still is. You know, yeah. still is. You know, I have sixteen thousand watts on my house. If I, I, I there's a probably a picture on my Facebook page. You can see my house complex, all the solar panels, and you know, my my bill is nine dollars ninety eight cents a month. Yeah, we got solar I, yeah, here about. Uh four years ago and yeah. it's, it's been great we have like 24 panels and it's been a life changer it's been yeah great. i got um let's see how many do i got i've got 40 panels yeah and it powers my electric car so i haven't paid for gas since 2015 i haven't played for i haven't paid for electricity since 2010 when wow. the government of florida dared people to put solar on their house at the time solar was seven dollars and 25 cents a watt now it's down to 58 cents a watt at yeah. the time uh my friend roger mcguinn from the birds had put up a, a complex on his house it cost him about seventy six thousand dollars. i because of my connection in china put one up for 27 and the state of florida gave me back 20. yeah a lot of states are doing that i think your camera might be slowly sinking <laughs> There you go. You were getting cut off there at the eyes. No, it's just my excitement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> now that, that's that, really cool. But that's the story in, in solar. So, I mean, I still consult. People call me all the time. For, um, my neighbor wants to put solar on his house because he, he says, does that really work? There's so many deniers, guys. Yeah, I don't so, know why. I, I understand it. Um, I get it all the time, especially people about the electric car. 
people don't understand that they're so brainwashed by the medias that um, have interest in them not getting away from fossil fuels. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing. An electric car. I've done nothing but to, except put new tires on it. It's just nothing to break. There's nothing, no moving parts really, other than like you said, no fluids, no moving parts. It's, you know, and this is something that's interesting. I will get off my ecology rant. No worries. (laughs) It only takes 13,000 miles to make an electric car carbon neutral, carbon even to parity. A gas combustion engine is, oh, I don't know what they say, uh, 11 metric tons a year for the life of the car. (laughs) Wow. So that's the difference. Yeah, that's a huge difference. You know. Interesting. And I know that we've got, uh, I'm going to read some comments real quick. Uh, Dave Watkinson, who's the, there's always some internet troll on our show. Dave, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just kidding. Dave, Dave says, hi, chaps. Hi, Michael. Uh, we met at a John Anderson London show with Michael TB. I'm sorry. I don't know what TB is. Thanks for being, bringing jo- the thing keeps moving because people keep coming. Thanks for bringing John and the youngsters uh, I loved it. More John live, please. Cool. Yeah, that that was a great show. Now I get it. And uh, music, John Q&A. Yeah, we're going to have a John Anderson show, Stephen and I, at 9 o'clock Pacific today to celebrate his birthday. So join yeah, us for that. it's going to be um, the two of us, me and dad, reading people's fan-submitted solo set list. I like, wish I could tell you what I did for his birthday. Tell I us. Can't, <laughs> I can't until okay. later on. Yet nobody can know yet. Okay. That, okay. You, know, you know, when you when you do something, some great networking. Yeah. And you say that it's going to happen before anything could happen to not make it happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, yeah. Some amazing well, so, thing that was, he's really going to love, you know, so oh, that's, that's, great. All, that's all good. Okay. So, yeah, that's one of the milestones for today. And while we're on that, um, since it's John Anderson's birthday, do you have like a fun memory you'd like to share? Yeah, I, I've got a lot of a lot of them. I I think um, I was stro- I'm getting new hard drives, and I was strolling through all these movies and stuff that my assistant had taken during the uh, One Thousand Hands rehearsal period. When you know, I mean, recording and rehearsing for the live show. And um, there's one moment that is just so precious. I can remember this all happened in one day. This was the day during the recording session. That we, that I think John decided he was going to take one thousand hands on the on the road. Um, my brother came in with a ukulele when we were filming some stuff in the studio, filming John doing something, and uh, my brother came in with a ukulele and gave me the ukulele. And I'm like what? What? He goes, oh, more late. Oh, pretty, pretty. we started. Uh, the Morglade song. Yeah, Flight of the Morglade. Him on the bass, me on the ukulele. John, look. And we had three-part harmony, perfect three-part harmony all the way through it. He was just like, what? You know, <laughs> and it was being filmed. And it was just like, it was so crazy because I'm thinking, man, do, do I remember all the words of this damn thing? You know, because, I mean, God, how long has it been? Yeah. But um, <laughs> so we played it. We played it just about all the way through. And he had he, he was so, he said, stop. Oh, that's and it's on film. Do you film. have a clip of that? Yeah, yeah I do. I'm, um, 
I, I'm going to find it, but I saw it a couple weeks ago and it just made me laugh, you know, because yeah. we'd love to have that and show it. And, and the same day we walk through my house and I have another keyboard set up in the house because when the studio's being used, I, you know, I can't do any of my work, you know, when I have somebody else in the studio and Matt's got another session. So John and I were in my house and we were walking past uh, one of my other Kurzweil's that I was setting up as programming it. And I just went by and said, oh, check this out. You know, it's the new Kurzweil that they gave me. And I and I played the whole intro for State of Independence, all orchestrated with, you know, just me. Yeah. And, it, and it, he, true, true. <laughs> and it was like, I think that that was the day that he said, man, this could all happen, you know. But it was really great doing that band. It was a... Uh, you know, it, it was just strange how the diversity of the band. I mean, Jocelyn was from Taiwan. Uh, uh, you know, Billy was from uh, Canada, I think. Uh, Steady was from uh, Aruba. You know, we just had all these different people. Joe was from the Philippines. Joe, I needed another keyboard player. I had a couple keyboard players that I wanted to play on the show with me. And unfortunately, one of my fr great friends, uh, Antonio Esposito, he couldn't, his wife was having a baby, so it was not good timing for him. And he was perfect. And uh, another guy, Dennis Gallo, who used to be with the Backstreet Boys as a local musician, he couldn't do it. I'm thinking, man, nope, you know, I can't find anybody. Either people are busy or, you know, having and then this guy called me from the Philippines. <laughs> and I said, he said, yeah, I'm going to come back for, I'm going to come back to America for the audition. And I said, I don't know, man, you know, I had a couple of people come in audition and I've had to say, hey, we'll call you, you know, trying to be polite. I said, you might come all the way here and you, you know, you won't be, it won't happen. He goes, I'll be there on that day. He, lo and behold, he came, he played, he was fantastic. Nice. A nice guy. And uh, so I said, oh, sure, man, if you want to do it, right. Good, good, good. First rehearsal, he had his keyboard stack. Second rehearsal, came out with the banjo. Third rehearsal, came out with the trombone, fourth, trumpet, harp, everything, mandolin, He's pulling something out of his butt every single day, you know, <laughs> and it just added to the whole flavor of it. In fact, currently I'm working on an album for Joe, uh, who's a great writer, and uh, I'm doing an album for him right now that's going to be really good, really good. Oh, that's great. Great. Yeah. And um, you, you've also been hard at work at 1000 Hands Chapter 2. Um would you happen to have an estimated release window for that? Or are you out to say anything or? You, you know, it's, um, I'm working on, uh, yeah, I have a concept for chapter two. I'm working on it. Um, I have a lot of songs, which could be chapter three and beyond. Oh, wow. But, you know, you know, uh, it's J John's business plan of how he's, what he wants to do. Cause right. you know, touring affects what you want to do releases on. And that's all up to, uh, you know, the people in his business camp of what they want to do. I mean, I, I, I know that uh, he's, we talk about chapter two all the time. Um, he's got some great guests on it. You know, yeah. uh, uh, I always say it's not really a John Anderson solo album. It's his collaboration with other great artists who admire him. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. And, so some of the stuff is a little out of the box because it's, are, you know. Are there right. returning offenders and new people or mostly new people? <laughs> returning offenders. <laughs> you know what um, I mean. A couple. Um, 
I mean, uh, the people that are on my version of it right now, what songs I think might uh, make the test. Yeah. Right. Um, Trevor Rabin. Okay. Todd yeah. Lundgren. Uh, there's still a little clip from uh, uh, Chris Squire, Alan oh, White. Nice. Mm-hmm. Robbie Steinhardt. Yeah. Um, I have a picture of you with him here. Who else? Uh, Rick Wakeman. Oh, I, I heard of that's him. one song <laughs> that could have been on chapter one, but uh, it just wouldn't fit. And I think it's great because it's a wonderful song. It might go on chapter two. That's if um, in the final mix, John, you know, I'm, I produce the music. I help him produce the music to get his vision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I hope that I contribute something that is in how he feels. Yeah. You know, it, all right. You know, but he's, it's his decision. You know, I mean, it's it's his name on the product, you know, yeah. his whatever. So but I just work on music. Uh, see, I got uh, Abe Lavoriel Jr. McCartney's oh, nice. drum on oh, a great, great track. Victor yeah. Wooten just put on a track. Wonderful guy. Fantastic bass player. I just had uh, some friends in town that you might have seen. And they're going to sing. Uh, they were supposed to sing in chapter one. But some. I don't know why they didn't have time. They were touring way too much. Now they're going to sing and do some backgrounds on chapter two. Can you tell us who that is? You know, no, because I don't want to do the voodoo. Okay. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Right. Okay. But, uh, you know, <laughs> <The voodoo. laughs> a lot of different people. I got some horn players from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, uh, you know, different Bruce Hornsby, of course. Um just a lot of people, you know, some people I can't say until it we're happens. really going to do it, you know, because yeah, I mean, okay. every record that you come out with has got to have, you know, clearances because their management yeah. might not like what they're doing or they're not supposed to do that. The artist wants to do it, but their management doesn't, Yeah, ah, you know, the music business, Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and over a year ago, uh, you brought this to our attention. Um, you put up this, um, Brian Wilson tribute with John singing God only yeah. knows what's the story there. Um, John, now you got to forgive me because I've, uh, John sent me a tape of him singing a day in a life with, uh, the, the ukulele player, Jake, I, his last name, something. Yeah. That's it. I, you know, um, and really great, great, uh, ukulele player and john says uh, what do you think uh, can you maybe do something more with it you know i didn't really want to touch it because it was so cool by itself i mean the guy plays such great ukulele and you know it was just very very subtle i mean it's like when i played with brian wilson and we we did all these different songs like you know Cal- uh, california girls and and uh Good vibrations and wouldn't it be nice? All these great orchestration things that I love playing. Mm-hmm. But he did Surfer Girl by himself. Mm. Unbelievable. You know, he just sat there and played it just as a, you know, old time ballad. Little How interesting. So beautiful. So I think, okay, let's just leave that one alone. Then the song Day in My Life was stuck in my head. And um, this is either a good thing or a bad thing, but my dreams are the thing that works all night. When I wake up, I know what I'm going to do the next day. This mm-hmm. is the truth. 
100% truth. People say that's baloney. No, it's not. I don't know why they would I say that. I was dreaming day in a life, and I was hearing Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds playing. Oh, wow. And that caused me to do the John Lennon piece. Did you hear the oh. John Lennon piece? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the John Lennon piece is the original vocals of Dana Life all the way through. And every piece of music is a real Beatle, real Beatles playing, but a different Beatles song underneath a day in a life than was supposed vocals. to be there. Wow. How neat. Yeah. And I've got all kinds of accolades. Uh, you know, uh, George Martin's son saw how great it was and everything. And it was all from dreams, guys. That's really. Awesome. 100% from dreams. I put it together with my engineer and it turned out to be, then I got a hold of uh, Alvaro Ortega, the guy who does the Beatle cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. Took some of his stuff and I, I did my own movie storyboard and sent it to him. And then he did what is there. Oh, and, um, everyone has seen it. Uh, in fact, uh, McCartney's lawyer said that they all love it. So That's great. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. I just want it out there as a, just a, uh, show my production ideas and you know how crazy i am you know <laughs> yeah because you know some musicians listen to it and they hear that day in a life with all the other beatles songs day in a life uh in my life eleanor rigby uh come together and they listen to it and they go so what's different about that because <laughs> it fits what? so well that's why you know the, mid, the middle bridge you know woke up Fill out a bed, grab comb across my head. If you haven't seen it, I did McCartney's Got to Get You Into My Life in that spot. And it works perfectly. Oh, cool. You, you got to see it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's how the Brian Wilson thing came apart because, you know, I said, John, Brian's co birthday's coming up and I want to give him something. And he, he always loved God Only Knows. So he sang God Only Knows. And then um, I, I think I said, uh, why don't you... John Anderson, it, you know, <laughs> you know, do your thing, you know, his, his little uh, animations. And he did. And then I brought it in a studio and, and did what I did. And it's really great. And I sent that to Ortega and Ortega was happy to do it. He's a really great guy. He lives in Madrid. I'm going to go see him in December. We're going to do some more work together. He also did a, a great uh, video for Robbie Steinhardt. He did not in Kansas anymore video oh. with his nation. Really, really good. Go to the solar music um, uh, YouTube page and you can see all the different videos. Cool. New, new Robbie video out too now. Yeah. I saw the mother earth is calling video with him singing the cross fading against all the stuff around the world. Yeah. So the other milestone uh, is that uh, we're at the second anniversary of that album coming out, not in Kansas Already? anymore. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, it's well, wild it's just how time nominated comes. for a Grammy. Oh, nice. That's great. I got three uh, Grammy uh, uh, considerations last week. Um, uh, Robbie's album, not in Kansas anymore. Uh, Christy DeLuca, an album I did a while back that I never released of a, a, a singer-songwriter. She plays violin and flute and uh, guitar and great songwriter. That album's got Liberty DeVito from Billy Joel's band on and basically all the 1000 hands guys. Oh, yeah. We know Liberty. It. Yeah. 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 And the last one was um, Abigail Huang uh, doing 
uh, Chick Corea's children's songs. You know, as you know, Chick was a friend of mine. Yeah. He invited yeah. me and my wife to come up to see a solo performance in Jacksonville. And I went up there and, uh, you know, my wife is a very cool little Chinese gal and he liked her, whatever. Anyway, trying to figure out what this 10-year-old savant uh, type player, you know, she couldn't do anything. She couldn't, you know, whatever. It's like some people know how to do the phone book. She can play stuff by ear and she memorized the entire Chicoria Children's Songs book, which is not really wow. songs children at all. I mean, pe people can hardly play it. It's just childish type things that yeah. don't make any symmetrical sense whatsoever. She learned the entire thing in two weeks, memorized it. So I'm thinking, what can I do with this girl? Another young Chinese piano player playing classical music. Yeah. You know, so I, like I gave her the Chick <laughs> I gave her the Chick Corea, you know, uh, songbook and. Uh, I don't know if you can see that, but they're yeah, Korea. Yeah. Anyway, that one got nominated in the children's category. Robbie, of course, the second version of it, which was remastered and some and the the extra song on it. Cool. And Christy DeLuca. So I'm a happy guy this week. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's really nice that Robbie's got nominated. Simply, well, not just because it's Robbie. I mean, that's enough right there. But the fact that it's Prague. And it's being recognized, you know, that's huge. I remember yeah. when Prague in America was, for all intents and purposes, had evaporated because I was part of that scene. This is the mid 80s, early 80s, mid 80s. I was part of that scene. And in America, it was all about hair metal and spandex and skinny ties and new wave. Prague was left to the Netherlands and the UK and, you know, Norway and the, the, the Scandinavian countries in, in America, it was like no one cared because you could. It got a little bit out of hand. That's yeah. why. It got yeah. a little bit out of hand. Uh, it, it got too far to the fringes to where, you know, um, you know, my old piano teacher used to tell me, it's like, this is what you want to play that's really artsy. And this is what you want to play that makes, uh, you know, people dance. Yeah. And where you can bring it into the middle, that's wisdom. So, I mean, they were way over here. I mean, yes, did this. Yeah. Owner of Lonely Heart. Yeah. You know, when you could put, when you're like Toto and you can put musical chops into something that the average Joe can groove to, he doesn't know it's good. You know, he doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. But the musicians are going like, wow, that's amazing. You know, they're fitting music into the stuff that, people can like and yeah. that's what, what i think um is the ticket you know you gotta you gotta come down pull them down from the clouds you know yeah yeah our it's stuff like, was certainly as a lot of like you say out of hand prog in those days was quite esoteric and it wasn't for mass consumption and mass consumption was the big thing that was happening <laughs> then and that's why we just we didn't we didn't get on board and we got left behind <laughs> yeah um and, and, and everything to their own. I mean, I know a lot of the young players in this town. My brother was what we called a jobber. He yeah. played all kinds of shows and with everybody. Me, I was always like doing my own projects. You know, I I I played with other famous people as a keyboard player, but um, I was always working on my own thing. 
So some of it is some of it left me. You know, it's, there's some things I don't know. It's just like many classic rock bands I never really listened to. I don't want to tell you which ones they are. I'm embarrassed that I never listened to it. I don't know a single song. Yeah. You know, okay, how about what's going on in your world with any current Yes alumni? Are you working with any of them on any projects that you can talk about? Yeah, like other than the ones you've mentioned. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, Patrick and I have talked about working on something. We, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I want to uh, give him a call and see if we, you know, we've always planned on doing it. And a lot of times he's been too busy. I think he's gotten a little active now. He did that Prague uh, Fest. And, uh, but, you know, I'm always interested in doing something with him uh, because he lives here, you know, lives maybe an hour, half away. And we get together once or twice a year. Um, you know, uh, my wife and, and his wife, and it's great. You know, last time we got together, I have a video of it. It was like too much, it was called too much pasta. Uh, <laughs> we went to an Italian restaurant and we had really had a great time and we had planned to go to his studio and he has got two grand pianos and we, we sat there playing it. The first song was great. And then we started fading, you know, it's like, <laughs> man, I need a couch. Too know? many carbs. <laughs> too many carbs. Um, there, there has been a hint to, uh, uh, well, I mean, of course, you know, John, yeah. but, uh, you know, I did work with Tony K at one time and Tony has moved to Florida. Yeah. Just on a phone with a friend of his, that might be a great guy on your show. Actually. He's got a long history with John and Tony oh. and a lot of people. Have you ever, do you know, Brian Chatton? Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. of him, but. We know of him, but haven't well, I'll, I'll get you Brian, Brian's information. Brian is actually the oh, guy thanks. who led me to John. I saw when I was playing with my brother and I were playing with Rick in England. I told you that's the moment a lot of things happened. Yeah. Brian was the, who played before us. And oh, I yeah. ended up helping Brian come to the United States and getting him set up here. And after being in Chicago with us for a while, coming down to Florida for a while, he went to California and Tony K was out there and, yeah. you know, their buddies. So now Brian's still out there, but Tony's moved uh, someplace in Florida. And I haven't seen Tony in a long time, uh, but, you know, he did sing on an album and play on an album that I did that I haven't released a while back. Um, and that's got a lot. That actually was the beginning of 1,000 Hands, yeah. that album. It's never been released, but it's got so many people on it. Um, Do you think that'll come out at some point? You know, um, it's so strange. As I was working on something last night, you know how iTunes, everything's just in alphabetical order. Yeah. I'm listening to one tune, and then, the you know, I waited for a minute after, I, and then one of those songs came on. And I'm saying, man, I think I should release this. Patrick's on it. Oh. Tony's on it. Uh, John sang on a song, but I, you know, I, I don't have, uh, we never finished it. So I, you know, and, and you know, you got to get clearances to do this stuff, yeah. but, um, you know, cause nobody wants to be on a song for like one word or their performance wasn't great. You know, yeah. you want to get the respect of everybody that you're working with and say, Hey man, listen to this. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Can, can I release it? You know, you know, and then two, depending on what, version of management they have at the time right you know uh it that, could be that'd be a neat thing to come out that'd be a cool like 
I don't know if you'd call it a bonus. But it's a collection of stuff over like, you know, a 15 year period. It's, and you know, I listened to it and I thought, you know, the production on this is so honest. Oh, that's There's cool. not really a lot of production on it. It's very organic. It's really just organic. And I think that I'm appreciating that because my brother and I are out working with uh, Joey Mullen from Badfinger this year. Oh, wow. That's cool. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the most organic bands that I loved. And Joey's the most wonderful guy to work with. He's so cool. And he's so down to earth. And uh, I have some good musicians, you know, working with me. Um, and it sounds so good. It sounds exactly like the records. In fact, I saw Badfinger on a video the other night. And I'm saying, man, we kicked their ass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just harmonies, you know. That's um, great. All the bands that I've worked with, all my backing bands that have worked with all these big stars, um, one of my criteria was everyone had to sing. Even my drummer had to sing because I might need another voice. And I've had a drummer that I've worked with for a long time who lived, I, was in Chicago with me when I was growing up. His name is Paul Parker. And Paul's been on the Rick Wakeman album. He just played on a song. Uh, with John on um, chapter two. He's a very jazz and big band drummer. I mean, uh, I would say he's Bruford. Oh, wow. Cool. You know, he's like a Bruford guy and he's in the, the bad finger band and he, he's, you know, every fill is exactly like that sound, you know, yeah. that was actually double track those drums. So you got to be a little sloppy and play flams to make it sound right. You That's know? cool. But, uh, just I, we always had to have great harmony. So when I'm looking on YouTube and seeing us play with like, uh, if you go to Roger McGuinn of the birds yeah, and see my four piece playing with Roger McGuinn, you can take my harmonies that we're doing on those clips on the Wolfman Jack show or little darlings or whatever shows and listen to, you know, the Bruce Springsteen and, you know, uh, Tom Petty, uh, Mr. Tambourine Man or Turn, Turn, Turn or Eight Miles High, and you go, wow, it's not very good. No offense, guys. Yeah. Just, you know, they're doing their kind of slacker, you know, hi, you know, sliding off, you know, we are singing it like the records, you know. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, a and just, oh, go ahead, look, Steve. Yeah, just look at comments real quick. Uh, I see Robert Nasir uh, earlier said, Michael Franklin, thanks for the outstanding work and bringing this all to us. Um, Doug Curran says, Brian Chatton oh. got a mention. Dave Watkinson uh, clarified that TB stands for trading boundaries. Okay, that makes sense. And that Brian was in the Warriors. He could tell the best stories. I helped in the UK. Um, and yeah, Dave wrote a book on John and the Warriors. Uh, it's called The Road to Yes. It's a really good read. Um, but yeah, getting... Uh, so is it true that you had a hand in having both Patrick Mraz and Rick Wakeman perform at the same charity concert in the early 90s? Yes. Yes, and I used that example of how people on opposing sides can come together and it's all been for naught. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, um, folks. My, I, my thing is wonky. I'm trying to size a picture. I don't know why I didn't memorize the size. There's Michael with Rick and Pat at that occasion. What, playing the piano together? Not playing the piano. You guys are just oh, standing there. Well, I got a great, there should be a great picture in there of the, the three of us, Patrick on one side, me on the other side, playing uh, the piano. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, you know, I, 
they both came and I, I think that they knew that they were going to play together, but they had never met each other in person. Oh, and Oh, here's my corporate, my brother in crime. Hey, you know, I'm doing a podcast here. How are you doing? Hi. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Finally. We've heard so many stories about you. We we thought you were an imaginary brother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at what the dots in my base light up. (laughs) <laughs> that's anyway uh, so so they they both came for uh for the show it was for give kids the world it was like last wish thing for kids yeah and on the show i had um frankie c cruz ford remember that song let me take you on the c cruise yeah. uh manfredo fresh from brazil johnny johnson <laughs> chuck berry's original keyboard player couldn't make it uh, he was sick or something but i had rick brian wilson and uh patrick and, you know, those two guys never had been together before. Picked them up from their hotel rooms, and I took both of them to the Give the Kids Village, where all the, kid, all the kids are. They, they fly families in from all over the world, put them up there for a week or so, 10 days, and take them to Disney and Universal and hope it, give them the whole thing. They don't pay for anything. So that's what we were doing. We were working on I did a concert called the Celebrity Keyboard Concert on a grand piano which is now at Hard Rock in Orlando in the John Lennon room. It's a white grand piano that um, they auctioned off. They auctioned it off. Oh. And, and I had every key signed on it. I sent oh, the keys. Yeah, you told the us world. about that. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I found a, the picture here. Yeah, so. there, you yeah go. there you go. Oh, I'll, nice. I'll post yeah. in the comments uh, for people you know, watching. So, I mean, oh. Patrick and, and Rick, you know, they had it off. They had a great time. We went to Universal Studios together and rode rides. You know, so that was the first time they ever, and I've seen pictures of them together afterwards, but, you know, they got along fine. You know, That's cool. they're good people. Yeah. You know, just the, the, the press wants to, you know, it's good for the press to put them against <laughs> Yeah, each people other. make up stories in their heads too, you know. Oh, well, it's just like fighters who are really great friends, you know, they're, they train together and stuff like that. But like, well, when you fight together, you know, we got it. Yeah, know, right. We got to talk to the yeah. other, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. you know, like, like him, like frickin' frack. Like him. <laughs> yeah, I like your 1000 hands shirt, Tim. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's cool. Like my favorite t shirt because it's like really light and thin. It's so worn out. Right. <laughs> I wear it all so the time. <laughs> you know, my, my wife wears the 1000 hands hoodie every place she goes. She just likes it. It's very comfortable. Oh, and it awesome. always starts nice. conversations. Yeah, people, it does. We'll walk down the street and people go, 1,000 hands. I went to get my oil changed last week, and I wore the shirt, and the guy comes out. He goes, oh, you have a John Anderson T-shirt on. Do you see the concert? I said, I played the concert. Oh, really? You know John Anderson? I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Michael, you, if you, you – know uh, song? I wrote that song. <laughs> yeah. Have, we're curious. We're both curious if you've listened to Trevor Rabin's latest uh, release, Rio. Yeah, we yeah had him I have. Recently. What, are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, Trevor's a great guitar. I mean, he's a great pianist. He's a great guitarist. He's a great singer. And a really I, nice guy. And a nice guy. Yeah. You know, and, and the production's really good. You know, um, uh, I, I, what I want to hear in the remaining years I'm here is more challenging stuff. Mm-hmm. I, his, what he did is great. And I'm sure all the yes people loved it because it's him. And it's all very good. But I just want I'm I'm the guy who gets all the nasty phone calls about oh Mike Franklin's the person who's made John Anderson into a 
new world jazz music pussy. <laughs> really? You know, yeah. Oh, I get you know like almost death threats. It's like you know, you know your your stuff is you know where's the meat and potatoes? That's why I always say, hey John, the the audience wants some meat because a guy says I want some meat and potatoes with my yes. It's like. <laughs> okay. Well, I gave him a little bit of that. You yeah, know, I, mean, I mean, there's more of it on chapter yeah, two and yeah. some of the other tracks, but you know, uh, John's don't put on relayer and shut up, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, no uh, reason for that. It is what it is now. It's all about moving forward, and that's why it's called yeah. progressive rock. You progress, and he's stretching to these other boundaries. I love the jazz and the world music influences that have you know, seeped into what he's doing. It's amazing. And, and it's, well, so you know, John could him. never have gotten Billy Cobham, Chick Corea, and John Lufonte to play on a yes, poppy song. Right. You know, right. You know Chick heard that uh, come up track. What'd he say? It's, man, 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 that track is deep. That track is deep. I want to play on that track. That's cool. So, you know, and uh, Bruce Hornsby told me, man, Ramalama blew my head off. <laughs> You know, so, you know, I mean, when you get guys like that, that are giving you the kudos that, you know, it's the right direction, um, you a know, a lot of people that saw the 1000 hand show said they like the new stuff so much, you know, they've heard the old stuff before, but Ramalama, yeah. where, did, where does music come from blew their minds, you know, because it was so different, you know, yeah. I have a long version, an eight minute version of uh, where the music comes from. And I, um, and I was hoping that we'd release it. We haven't released it, but I gave it to a local DJ to check it out at um, uh, at Universal Studios. And he mm -hmm. played at Universal Studios, and he said the people danced all the way through it. And it's got really? like part of the sunrise in it and all kinds of crazy stuff. You oh, know? neat! Yeah, we look at like to put little Easter eggs and quotes in in tunes. You know? Yeah, that's cool. I have a question that the two of us and some of our followers as well. Um, they're so used to artists in Prague here, um, but are there artists that you've worked with outside of that sphere whose work you'd suggest people check out that they may not be aware of if their focus is on Prague? Because you've done so many things. I know you've worked outside Prague. Who, what are some albums and artists that you could turn hardcore Prague artists onto that they ought to consider appreciate? Uh, Larry Coriel, um, Sam Paku, uh, Barefoot Boy. On Cleopatra Records, um, Larry Coryell's last record, mm -hmm. fantastic record. You know, what style really happy. Would you, how would you describe that? It's, um, it's jazz. Um, it's a little bit eclectic jazz. Larry wrote it all. Uh, he was playing in Russia for three mm -hmm. weeks. He was on his own. His wife didn't go with him. So he said all he did was sit in his hotel room and, and write, write music. Song. How neat. So I mean, European influence. The one you know, song back in Russia just, just some really great just stuff. Just is so beautiful. They man. did it all here live. All, all all live. I've known Larry for 20 years. He played on 1000 Hands as well. Yeah, he was the first person yeah, to play on 1000. He came in to do In fact, this is uh, funny I should I say this. Uh you know, I was invited to go see the other Yes show the last week and uh -huh. you know, I wanted to thank Steve for playing on chapter one however they were into yes they were into covid bubble so you know it was cool but i uh the manager a very very nice guy uh, uh hooked me up and we had a night really nice chat and um anyway billy sherwood came over and uh, i'd never met billy before oh. and and he, he said hey man you know and he was very very nice and i said you know uh i did the production with you and he goes really did you i said yeah 
I recorded uh, Larry Coriel on the Tribute to the Doors at my studio. And I played a harpsichord. The, the song was Love, Love Me Two Times. And I said, I played a harpsichord solo on there. And I was I was hoping to get the, you know, uh, get, get in the mix. He goes, man, I, I never heard that. You know, he, he was very sincere. I, I don't think, you know, anybody let him know that it was there, you know. So he just took Larry's guitar. But he was a nice guy. And, yeah, uh, he's nice. you know, you know, there's all this camp stuff. I mean, I can never get involved in it because, you know, I love all the less yes music. And, I mean, the way I got uh, Steve to play on Chapter One was being honest and saying, you know, I just love the way that guy plays a guitar. He is the encyclopedia of guitar technique. <laughs> yeah. You know, self-taught too, which is just mind blowing. You know, and uh, I know a lot of people have, you know, they've got issues with the John camp and that. But I, you know, I, yeah. they're always trying. They're always trying to get me to say something bad, and I'll never say anything bad. I, yeah. I love yes music, and you know, of course, I'm closer to John than, you know, most people. Uh, but you know, I tell always tell Johnny, you know, he's in my DNA. I mean you know the music that i want to do is expansive long form kind of music you know i will do the pop stuff but i love the idea of the development of the music in phase tim just wrote a symphony you know in the same idea where different the, the thing effectually changing and changing and then counterpoint it's all the musical idea you know of how to really you know pace music and shows your intellect and yeah and your and your you're learning how so, much you so learn. Here's a question for both of you. For each of you, where does Tales from Topographic Oceans rank as far as yes albums and overall albums for you? Well, you know, I know a lot about that that recording from Rick. <laughs> we spent the day, we spent the evening at Rick's house in London having dinner, and he was telling us some funny stories about the band, you know, inside stories. They were sort of funny. Yeah, they were sort of funny. <laughs> and uh, I I loved it because, I mean, I was a Yes fan from the Yes album. And then, uh, you know, in our first band in 1973, we played, my first band played Heart of the Sunrise and Roundabout. You know, 1973, I was 17 years old trying to play that stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I went and saw the concert in Chicago. It was up three nights. I went all three nights. Oh, nice. You know? Yeah, because it was just such new music, you yeah. know. And that's that was my launching point into jazz. I mean, I heard, oh, you know, Topographic Oceans, and then I heard some other prog stuff, and then somebody turned me on to Chick Corea, Light as a Feather, you know, and Billy Cobham and Ma Vishnu, and was like, yeah. wow. You just it was like a you know a diving board. Wait, it made tales sound like pop music, right? <laughs> so we went to see. I love pop music. I do. We went yeah. to see the headliner was Iron Butterfly. We went oh. to see Iron Butterfly at the Ravinia Music Festival, supported by Blues Image, and Mahavishnu Orchestra was opening up. Wow. So here we are. It's an orchestral outdoor venue, right? And we're here. We're all sitting. Some Old lady and old guy sit next to me. Probably season pass holders. They season the pass holders, you know? and they they're going. It says, uh, "This Mahavishnu Orchestra, are, are they good?" I said, "They'll blow your mind." <laughs> and they they started off like, you know, and then those people left within three minutes. <laughs> but well, both Tim and I are now in Blues Image. 
and both of us have been but, an iron butterfly. Oh, funny. At different times. At different times. So, Michael, where where does Tails rank for you as far as an album? Uh, uh, Tails is a uh, Tails is a special thing. Uh, you know, I think, of course, you know, Close to the Edge is number one. I, uh, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> Fragile's great. Yes, album's great. I think maybe for me, it's like number three. I like a peculiar one. Um, I like Tormato. So do we. We're very. I don't, you know, it's a great record. I mean, uh, one of my songs that I, uh, you know, I, I wanted John to do uh, in One Thousand Hands was Future Times. Oh, I've I love that song. Love that yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. it's I my favorite on that album, movie, actually. You know, I mean, but of course, you know, uh, all the albums are good, but I, I have to tell you, after I think before Drama, I was on to. Yeah, we are on the road. We're, we're on the road. Working so much, we're working so know? much. We're we're yeah. playing with we're everybody. no longer sitting around listening to records. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're, we were learning. Well, we were on TV, <laughs> learning four different artist shows a week to be on television. Okay, Tuesday rehearsal for the show. Uh, okay, I spent the weekend writing charts. Who, who we, we we just had Kevin on about yeah. this book. If you haven't read this book, it this is a great book about yeah. a great album. A lot of behind the scenes picks that don't exist anywhere else. Kevin did a really good job with this, and it's Oliver Wakeman's favorite Yes album. So yeah, it's, it's one yes, of those the Tormato story. I think it's a bad rap. It was my first tour that I saw, sixth row, first time in the round, nineteen seventy-eight, and I saw the seventy-nine leg. But this is a great book about a great album. I'm glad you guys. I'm sure Oliver won't remember it, but he sat on my lap in nineteen eighty-three watching star wars at his house oh wow, oh, wow. how funny <laughs> um you know i have a and Rick's dog tried to bite me <laughs> and this is funny Snake. okay so we're at rick's house and tim wasn't in london it was in cam camberley yeah it, he rick had the house that general montgomery had during the war that had the ceiling glass ceiling so they could see the war plans without any light oh, the wow. skylight in the, the skylight in the, yeah. in the so anyway uh so we're we just did this thing Ronnie Scott's with Rick and we're at his house and uh his wife went out and bought some uh Swedish Pilsner yeah that was like I don't know 17 percent or something like that <clears throat> and we were shit-faced yeah just be honest <laughs> and we were down on the floor with the score for some thing that Pele. he was doing. He, he's doing a score for the oh. soccer Famous really? soccer guy. We it was a documentary. We were following the score on the floor, and three of us were just shattered. You know, <laughs> that's funny. Um, Wait a second. Check this out. Yeah. Wei Xiao Bao Bei. No. Xin uh, Jun. Okay. All right. Bye bye. I need. I need. I need. Wrong number. Oh. <laughs> um, last my question before we have to go. Wrong number. My wife. That's funny. Um, we heard that you'll be part of the Panama Jazz Festival. January is coming up so quickly. Oh, we're going down there. Tell we're, us we're, about that. Yeah. And we're any going other down there. Projects? Uh, it's Billy's 80th birthday. Billy so, Cobham. Billy Cobham. Yeah. So the, the city's putting on a jazz festival for him. Uh, it's like five days long. Billy's actually performing in three days. He's doing a trio thing one night. He's doing a quintet, quintet the next night. And then he's doing a 17-piece big band. Now, should I say this? Well, I don't know. You know what it we is. won't well, tell anyone. Well, <laughs> and I, he probably won't hear. But Billy and I wrote a tune together. 
and I'm having a really great local arranger, a guy that I've always wanted to work with. You know, you can arrange all you want, but sometimes you give uh, an arranger is another thing. Like I like that piano player, you know, and this guy is a really, really great arranger. I'm giving him this tune and having them orchestrated for 17 pieces. And I'm going to give it to Billy Pryor for his birthday. Nice. So it's the tune. I'm going to record it and finish it, but he's going to have the tune and he's going to have all the music for it. For it's, it's for his birthday. Oh, that's great. That's great. Awesome. Well, we're not on the bill. We're not we're on the guests. bill. We're guests. He invited yeah. us to his 80th birthday party. That's yeah. cool. In Panama. Yeah. So we're going. Great. We're going. We might play something. Yeah. Yeah, not. we might. I, I got a, I got an idea for a tune that Billy played on. I just wanted it to be me and Tim. I'd oh, say, nice. hey, Bill, let's play this one song that that I love. Cool. Bandolero, let me guess. No, no, no. Oh. Fly with the wind. Oh, I'll have to relearn that one. Yeah, That's make, a great I was going to say, make sure you guys are playing the same song when you play. <laughs> in the same key. Hey, <laughs> what, what do you mean? That's invention. That's progressive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You did it with, with the Beatles stuff. Just overlay everything and each play different songs. Hey, yeah. Charles Ives did it. <laughs> that's funny. We really appreciate Hey, Tim, thanks for jumping in. First of all, that's really cool to have you join us. And My uh, Michael, of course, we'd love to also have you on again. Hang on the line for a moment after we say goodbye to everybody. I want to thank everybody for joining Steve and myself and the Franklin Brothers. Frickin it's practice. a great program, guys. Uh, oh, you know, anytime. You. Check, check out my website, timfranklinmusic.com. Yeah, Steve will put that in the in the comments. Absolutely. And solarmusic.com. And, and I want to thank everyone for following us, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube.com slash at yes shift or at anchor.fm slash yes shift and uh, stay tuned because today in about an hour we already got to get ready the john anderson birthday episode with Stephen and i we asked our audience to compile lists of their favorite john anderson solo and collaboration songs and Stephen and i each have one too that we don't hey, know steven about. steven check yeah. on my facebook page for tim and i happy birthday song to john oh cool oh will do yeah yeah Awesome. It's a it's last year's version, but it'll still work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Guys, thanks so much for joining yeah, thanks us. Again. Thanks Thank for you. watching. And uh hang on the line, guys, as we say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, audience. See you Bye, in an audience. hour. <laughs>